Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield talking to you from Nebraska's Ag and Economic Development Summit, which is taking place in Kearney. Another interesting market trade as we look at a Wednesday numbers where we saw some lower corn. It was higher in the soybeans. Uh, the wheat complex continued what we saw in the overnight trade, their negativity. A little flip-flop happening on the livestock side as cattle will finish with some higher numbers today as hogs have seen the struggle and moved lower. Interesting factors, of course, we've got a big report coming out on Friday. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what's happening with Wall Street and, of course, China as well, amongst a few of the topics in today's report. Joining us is Arlen Suderman. Again, Arlen is with Stonex. And, Arlen, let's kind of talk about the fact that we do have a Friday report that's just out around the corner. Are you seeing a lot of prep at this point as we get ready for those numbers? Yeah, I think the market's starting to trade that a little bit more. And keep in mind that every time we get some bad news on Wall Street, like the Fitch downgrade of the U.S. credit rating, um, the Moody's downgrade of uh, 10 of our domestic small and medium-sized um, banks, we're seeing a sell-off in the grain and oil seeds. So we are not immune to what happens in the outside markets. But today, those headlines kind of calmed down. We went back to supply and demand fundamentals. Well, when you look at supply and demand fundamentals, um, you have to look at the export demand. And export demand is really hurting for corn and wheat right now. It's picking up the pace on soybeans because we've suddenly become a little bit cheaper than Brazil. Brazil still has a lot of soybeans to sell. The farmer there has about 40 million metric tons they haven't sold yet. And so that is tightening up their basis. And that's pushing them to about 18 cents a bushel more expensive shipped into China than U.S. beans now. So, therefore, China is shifting to buying a little bit more. But longer term, it's still a concern. But soybeans do have the tightest balance sheet. Corn and wheat have more problems with the balance sheet. So, therefore, we saw corn and wheat down, soybeans up a little bit, a little bit of short covering ahead of USDA's report. All three of them are consolidating just above areas of chart support right now ahead of that report. Traders reluctant to push it the next leg lower for any of those three until they get past Friday's report because these reports are known for their surprises. And so the trade's kind of consolidating above those levels of support. So, Arlen, from a, from a producer perspective, we know that there's going to be that pause. How do we how do we plan on some marketing thoughts? Because there are still going to be things happening between now and Friday. You don't just want to sit and wait and see. Yeah, that's exactly right. And a lot of times the mentality on the farm is what is the highest price I can get? I understand that. We all want to see what is the highest amount of income we can get. But it really comes down to risk management. It's not just what is the highest price I can get. But how do I protect myself from a lower price? Because I have no way to control how high prices may go or whether the unforeseen event may happen to take prices lower. So I don't want to have that risk exposure of losing equity on my farm. There are tools you can use, some of the over-the-counter products that are available from some crop buyers that allow you to put a floor under your market while leaving some upside open. And there's various things you can do to reown once you've sold as well. Part of the decision-making goes back to what you think basis is going to do. Is basis going to strengthen, giving you some incentive to wait to price or lock-in basis? Or is it going to weaken so you could have both board and basis weakening, further hurting you and, and eroding your equity away? And there are things you can do to protect that. 
be aware of the tools you have. Think of it like a business. Focus on the margins and protecting your equity. Once you've protected your equity, you can focus on strategies that help build your equity on your farm. We got some more headlines, as you talked about, coming out tomorrow. And it could do a lot with what we're going to see inflation-wise. Exactly right. Now, Wall Street is pricing in expectations that tomorrow's CPI, Consumer Price Index, data is going to show uh, two-tenths of a percent increase month-on-month, which is really pretty tame. That would work out to about a 2.4% annual rate if you did that for 12 months in a row. And they expect the year-on-year inflation rate, headline inflation rate, to be about 3.3%. That would be up a little bit from 3% the previous month. That's kind of what they priced in. And if we get those numbers, they figure the Fed will be on the path toward pivoting toward lower rates as we go into next year. The Cleveland Fed has a model where they model inflation based on the data that comes in every day of prices. And they're currently showing about twice that rate of monthly month-on-month increase, four-tenths of a percent, uh, with the headline year-on-year number being up around 3.4%, and the core inflation rate, once you remove food and energy, being at 4.92%, just below 5%. That would not please the Fed, based on what the Fed has has said in previous statements, and I think would probably end up giving us more rate hikes if that is the case. We've seen a dramatic increase in energy prices over, over the past month. Um, some other commodities and indicators have also risen. And I think Wall Street is underestimating the impact of inflation over the past month that the consumer has felt. If I'm wrong, then we'll probably see a positive reaction on Wall Street. But if I'm right, that does raise some risk that we'll see a risk-off day on Wall Street where they start to fear recession once again. And in recessions, the fund managers tend to pull their money out of the commodity markets. So one of the key indicators to me is going to be the crude oil market. It traded to nine-month highs today on expectations that we're going to not have a recession, which is going to be a very soft landing, and we're going to have growth going forward. If that turns sharply lower, that's a negative sign for the grain and oil seeds. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. As we get ready here for the second half of the Fontenelle final bell, we'll talk about China. What's going on there, especially when China is looking at, believe it or not, some deflation. We're going to find out about that, their economy, their crop production, and add to it lack of news. What's the reason wheat saw some lower numbers? More is coming up. The Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Summer is going fast and Husker Harvest Days is right around the corner. Please join us one final year in the Fontenelle Tent at the show September 12th through the 14th near Grand Island. There's plenty to talk about, including the merger into the new Channel Seed brand, our proven performance potential, and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. So stop and see Fontenelle at Husker Harvest Days. The same local commitment with new possibilities. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we're continuing our conversation this afternoon, coming, of course, with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with Stonex. Left off talking a lot of Wall Street things that are going to be impacting the way the markets are trading. But what about China's economy with what's going on right now, Arlen? How do you see that as a, as a big impact factor? 
China is obviously the world's largest importer of commodities, so that should make a big difference to us. Um, raw commodities, of which the United States are, are big shippers to them, although much less now than what it used to be. So how their economy goes should matter to us. Their CPI, their consumer price index, came out data came out today, rising two-tenths of a percent month on month, but it's down three-tenths of a percent year on year. That means that they are now in a period of deflation. That's never good for an economy when you see deflation. Um, they have seen, and that's what helped the month-on-month -month numbers, they've had some holidays over the last month, and that holiday travel and spending helped to give you the, uh, give, get, helped get the increase month-on-month. -month. But that is expected to decline again as we go forward. We look at some of the other data. Specifically, it still says that there's a lot of problems in their economy. And when you look at the producer price index, which is at the wholesale level, then you're seeing much bigger deflation. Um, China's producer price index X factory data fell 4.4% year on year in July, and that was after a 5.4% decline in June. So they have basically an export-based economy meaning they're the cheap producers of goods for the world, and they export that to the United States, Europe, and elsewhere. But the United States and Europe are not only facing our own economic problems, reducing consumption, but we're also decoupling from China. So that decreased demand for the United States and Europe is really hurting them. And now Europe is showing signs that they may want to consider following former President Trump's strategy to try to balance change with China. Uh, and maybe put tariffs on China. So China's trying to transition to a consumer-based economy, which is what the United States is. That's basically an economy that's largely dependent on consumer spending. But the consumer in China has a very worried attitude about the future of their economy right now, and they're just simply not spending much, especially for big-ticket items. So Chinese economy is a real concern going forward, and if they see a dec further declines in their economy, that'll be a reduction in demand for commodities. What about these wheat prices? I mean, we've been kind of inundated with Black Sea discussions over the last, you know, week or so and things. I hate to say that we got kind of on the quiet side. Yeah, and when, and when those headlines talking about threats in the Black Sea dry up, then the market shifts back to focusing on supply and demand fundamentals. What are those supply and demand fundamentals? Very weak export demand. Why is export demand weak? Because Russia is dumping record amounts of cheap wheat on the world market. So when the threats disappear out of the Black Sea, then we focus on all the supply coming out of the Black Sea. And so that's what we saw today. Nonetheless, as much as we were down today, it was still consolidating just above recent lows, which followed a big drop. So like corn and soybeans are still consolidating just above those recent lows, waiting to see what USDA has to say on Friday. Let's switch over gears and take a look at the, the happenings of this livestock. Yesterday we saw some higher trade in the live cattle. Everybody's saying, well, partly because of corn. Now today we're back to the negative side. What's going to see your biggest spin? Is it really the final weight on cash this week, or is it just a slow type of market week for them? Yeah, we've seen a few cattle move in the north already, basically steady money with last week, but not really enough to establish the market. 
We saw a firmer product market this morning given some support. You look at how high cattle prices have been, how high beef prices have been. We're still looking at choice cuts well above $300 per hundred weight. The consumer is still buying, and that's what the market's trying to do is find that level where the consumer will quit buying to bring demand into better correlation with the smaller supply of beef that we currently have. And that supply of beef is going to remain tight for quite some time and probably get tighter once we start rebuilding the cow herd. We're really not seeing much evidence of that happening yet. So overall, the cattle market remains well supported. Hog market, different story. It's really been held up on the back of the belly market. That pork belly market is just not sustainable at these levels, we don't feel. And so the market's starting to roll over now and see that weakness. But what that weakness means is outside of the aberrations we've seen over the last six weeks or so, domestic demand for pork is not strong enough to sustain the market at this level. Once the consumer starts coming down the value chain from beef to pork, maybe we'll see that change. But for now, the the concerns are we're running into a surplus of pork. All right. Great conversation as always, Arlen. What's the best way for folks to reach you? At Sonex.com, over on Twitter, my handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers, right here on the Rural Radio Network.